0: Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast. Where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a step into their shoes. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding. But as a mindset coach, what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Natalie James. She is a wife, a mother of three that left behind a successful career in politics to chase her dreams for something bigger. She's currently the founder and CEO of Vent Blow Dry Bar, and after losing her father at the age of 13 in a tragic accident when he went missing in a boating accident and was never found, In addition to her own personal struggle with a rare physical deformity, she has found peace and confidence through experimenting with hair and makeup, and after spending most of her life uncomfortable in her own skin, Natalie has accepted who she is and helps other women and girls feel confident and embrace their individual beauty. So please welcome to the show, Natalie James. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. I'm excited. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So I like to start the show with an icebreaker question. I believe that as women, we have all these different titles that we go by, you know, moms, wives, and all these work titles. But a title that isn't given enough significance is our name, because our names have meaning. So my question to you, Natalie, is do you know what your name means?
1: Well, um, aside, I think, from the, the Latin version, which is Natalia, it means Christmas. Mm-hmm. I guess that's been widely associated with my name, Natalie.
0: That's the only meaning I'm aware of though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I Googled it, I found the same thing, um, meaning born at Christmas.
1: Yeah. Um, I was not born at Christmas and, uh, (laughs) but I do love Christmas. So there, I guess that it's a good match.
0: So I like to go backwards before we go forwards. So I want to know what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Oh, wow. Well, My father was an entrepreneur and
1: he started his own architecture and design firm when I was small. And as a little girl, I loved going to his office and spending time with him. And when I was there, I would trace over drawings, architectural drawings that were projects that he was currently working on. And Mm -hmm. I loved hearing the stories behind the projects. And then having the opportunity to watch those projects unfold, I just thought was amazing. So that being said, I always thought that I wanted to be an architect and follow in his Mm -hmm. footsteps and kind of help other entrepreneurs fulfill those dreams. Mm -hmm. And I actually did take architecture through high school all the way through to my OAC year. And, um, and then of course things change and my path kind of went in a different direction. So, but I did always want to be an architect.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what what made you decide that it was time to walk away from politics? I think
1: there was a, a bunch of different things, to be honest. Politics was amazing. I loved it. It was a fabulous career. I had so many amazing experiences and just met phenomenal people. But I think I always had this entrepreneurial bug in me. And Mm -hmm. I think as I started to approach my 40th birthday, (laughs) being a very monumental time, and Mm -hmm. I think just, just starting to reassess my life and think, is this what I want? Is this what I want for the rest of my life? I think I started to feel as though I was on autopilot a little bit. And Mm -hmm. my husband and I were always really big on, you know, setting five and 10 year goals. I remember just this feeling of, I know exactly if I stay on this path, I know exactly where I will be in five years or 10 years. And I think just that I lost the excitement. I felt like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is, I need something else. I need to figure this out. I need to kind of reassess where I want to be and really think hard and clear on what that looks like and Mm -hmm. that kind of set me on this path of really digging deep you know I put a lot of things on hold I think as we we get in a career that we're good at you know you're successful at it you know and then um, you get comfortable and Mm -hmm. I think I just I needed to feel like I was allowed to make a change. And that was just my own inner dialogue that was telling me that it was irresponsible. But I did really assess this time. And I think I just got to the point where I said to my husband, I said, I think I need to make a change.
0: I guess share with us the journey on how you found fulfillment in the hair and beauty industry.
1: So I think you alluded to this a little bit in the beginning, I was born with a rare condition that left me with the best way I can describe it is the right side of my body grew at a faster rate than the left. And as a young girl, this was very difficult. I I wasn't aware of it initially. And around the age actually that my daughter's at now, so 10, 11, other kids started to point it out. And I became very hyper aware of my differences. Mm. I had a significant limp. Everything on the right side was larger than the left. So I'm talking like, length of my limbs, the size overall, everything was larger on the, on the right side. And this was so rare that I couldn't identify with anyone else that had this. So it was very isolating and very difficult. Mm. I mean, I saw doctors through my whole life and we kind of put things on hold. And then when, when I was more aware of it, we went back to, to see, was there something we could do? So we went to specialists and I had high hopes. You know, I thought, wow, these doctors can do amazing things. They're going to fix me. They're going to make me normal. I'm using air quotes here because mm-hmm. whatever that means, whatever normal is. But at the time, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like everybody else. And I remember very clearly being about about 11 and we were in the doctor's office and he, he said to me, he says, you know, there's really nothing I can do. Aside from a surgery that you will have to have later in life, once you're, once you're done growing, there's nothing I can do right now. And he looked at me and said, you know, just be grateful. You're a pretty girl, and it didn't affect your face. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And, I mean, his intentions were good. I know that now. But at the time, those words really resonated with me. And I felt them to mean hide your body and only show your face. And that's essentially what I started to do. And I began to cover up. I never showed my legs. I felt if nobody could see it, nobody would know and I would just go on being like everybody else. But obviously this had greater consequences throughout my life. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I just found that I expressed myself through hair and makeup and it made me feel beautiful. It made me feel confident and empowered. And I think that's where my love for kind of that expression came out. And and then I think that just is that's where I am now today in, in creating my business. It's really that mission of of giving women that confidence.
0: Mm. So what inspires you most about what you do? There's so many things,
1: but being able to be a part of a client's special moment, whether it's a wedding day or another special event in their life, I think just giving women that confidence that often comes with making them feel beautiful and empowered. I think we can all Mm -hmm. agree that When we look good, we feel good. And that's an automatic boost to our overall confidence. Mm -hmm. And I see it happening every day. I see clients coming in and and we all have something that we're holding on to. And it's it's our own negative self-talk or whatever that is. But a lot of us have insecurities about different things. And just like at a hairdresser, people talk and they share and we become best friends within that hour time frame. Women (laughs) do really... They really do share some very personal things and insecurities and just being able to see them when they come in feeling a little bit anxious because of where they're going or whatever is happening in their life. And then watching them leave with that skip in their step is
0: mm-hmm. is
1: pretty amazing.
0: I think that's amazing, you know, what you're doing and how you were able to take what the doctor said and flip that to focus on the positive. And not only use that to help heal yourself, but to help others. I was listening to an audio motivational program, and they were talking about, I can't remember the doctor's name, but he was a, I believe he was a plastic surgeon. And Mm -hmm. he was removing things, I guess, that people really didn't like about themselves. Things like, you know, a mole on their face or certain other things. And they were studying how they behaved after. And there were some Mm -hmm. people who you've seen a dramatic difference in how they view life and their confidence after having some form of reconstructive surgery or something that made them feel better about themselves on the outside. And then there was, on the flip side, those that didn't show much of a difference, which led to another study that discovered that we had two separate images of ourselves the image that we have on the outside. And the image that we hold on the inside and how that affects yeah. everything that we go after in life and the opportunities that we go after and our confidence level, even in relationships. Mm-hmm. But I know Absolutely. Personally, when, when I sit in a hairdresser's chair, when I leave, how I feel, I'm on high. You can't tell me anything. <laughs> but the, the yeah. conversation that you have sitting in the chair with your hairdresser, like that's a bond. You know, sometimes you share things with the person that's doing your hair and makeup that you don't share with other people. So you're essentially like a, a therapist. You're helping reconstruct that inner and outer image
1: yeah and I mean through our name bent it's you know venting is what we like to do it's what we you Mm -hmm. know women do when we're together it's so it has a lot of meaning yeah but you know what it's really amazing to be a part of that and some people say oh it's superficial and I think no it it really isn't I think you as women as as humans we we need to do the things that make us feel good and for me Mm -hmm. I really hid away and I kind of lived my life for a long time feeling like if i showed who i was i wouldn't be accepted or that i couldn't be successful because i wasn't the perfect image of beauty and i think that's what society has kind of told us over and over again and i think that's why it's important that i share this because my mission for my business is deeply rooted in my why and my life experience and so i just want all women to know that they're beautiful and it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody is welcome. You know, you don't need to be
0: perfect to to feel beautiful.
1: Um, I love that. Um, yeah.
0: I was thinking of the conversation that we had a few months back and you shared that you didn't show your body until you were in your 30s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, the fact that yeah. now, you know, you use what you do for a living to empower other women to love themselves. And like you said, you know, some people may see it as superficial, but it's not. It is so much deeper than that, that it affects everything. How you function as a human being, like you coming to that point where you now fully accept yourself and understand that nobody is perfect. There's no such thing as normal. <laughs> you know, exactly. we're, all, we're, all, we're all created perfect in God's eyes. So the fact that you're helping other women to see that in themselves and to love themselves is far beyond superficial. Oh,
1: absolutely. And truthfully, when I was young, I never thought we would be where we are today with just this movement of inclusivity that is happening and this authentic Mm. kind of sharing of stories. I never thought we'd be here truthfully. And I'm very grateful that I feel like it's accepting. It's, um, I just feel like if I can help one person, then it's all worthwhile because I remember those feelings of being so isolated and feeling like I wouldn't be accepted the way I was if people really could see it. And I know that those, those feelings just kind of manifest over years and it's really hard and it's still a journey. It's still mm-hmm. a journey to kind of, you know, I have good days and I have bad days, but ultimately mm-hmm. I have three kids that I wasn't going to hide away anymore. I wanted to be who I am and be comfortable in my own skin and just not worry about what other people think. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, it's like a huge weight was lifted the second I made that decision.
0: (laughs) Like you mentioned, you know, you never thought that we'd be in this place where our stories and especially our authentic vulnerable stories would Mm -hmm. be so open and make such a difference. And I had to learn that myself after loss of my sister and after going through my divorce and some of the things that I had been through when I decided to write my first book at first I was like oh my god what am I doing <laughs> and then after I released it the the overwhelming amount of feedback that I got from women just reaching out to me wanting to share their story with me because I had shared mine and that started a ripple effect so we don't even know how we're going to impact someone we don't know how it can actually change their life just by hearing your story. You know, Mm there's so many women that are emotionally dealing with things alone because they think that they're alone. But when they hear stories like yours and the women that come on the podcast, when they hear any other woman just being open about their story, there's some part of that that they can resonate with. And they're like, oh, my God, okay, if she can do it, I can do it. We have no idea how the smallest thing and the smallest part of our story can be such a world changer.
1: Yes, yes. And I have these conversations with clients all the time. You know, I'll share something or they'll say, oh, you know, your, your hair is perfect. I'm like, these are extensions. This is not my hair. Don't be fooled by what you're seeing. <laughs> yeah. Um, right? like my, yeah. Like, and I think just sharing and being real and they're like, they just feel instantly more comfortable and welcome yes. into the space. And it, it goes beyond, even into my team, just we're all real people. And mm-hmm. that's what we want everyone to realize is that we're here and, and they're welcome and everybody has the right to feel amazing. Yes. Yeah.
0: So tell us one thing that most people don't know about Natalie.
1: Well, I would say that is probably the biggest thing, to be honest, um, because i spent so so much of my life kind of hiding this away, I think, as, mm-hmm. as I'm sharing this story now, it's catching a lot of people by surprise, people who knew me my whole life, who never knew.
0: And oh, wow.
1: um, yeah, it's only the last six or seven years that I've really started to embrace this, and, and only more recently because I have a bit of a platform now to share it. Right. Um, it's really catching a lot of people off guard. Mm. And so so that's been an interesting journey. But I would say that is probably the biggest thing that people don't know about me.
0: Okay. So what are some other adversities that you've had to experience to get to where you are today?
1: I would say definitely one of the biggest obstacles I had to overcome was losing my father in, the, in a tragic boating accident, which I think you alluded to in the beginning. So we we had a cottage that only had boat access and um, he was a little late in the year to get our boat and our in our cottage closed up for the winter and at that point in time our boat had been taken out so he had to rent a small like aluminum fishing boat. And so he and a friend went across to get things closed up and on the way back they they hit some trouble and the boat filled with water and as far as I know, there was one life jacket and he gave it to his friend, and his friend survived, wow. and my father was never found. Wow. So, this really basically turned our lives upside down. As, as you know, when, when loss like this happens, it's, uh, it's devastating mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I think, due to a series of unfortunate circumstances that followed, just life as I knew it changed forever and um i think too just never having him found there was just lack of closure
0: for sure you know
1: and that's really something that's hard to to deal with as a child and still to this day it's something that um is hard you know i don't have a place to go i don't there's just this this kind of open you know tragic it time up. that just never goes away yeah yeah absolutely but that on the flip side i would say kind of really made me who I am today and I think all of my journey all of my struggles kind of I think you have two two options you can either be a victim or you can use it to fuel you and yes empower you to do the things you want to do in your life and I think I think that's truly what has happened and I don't think that everything happens for a reason but I think there is good that can come of everything and um, I have been a very independent person my whole
0: life. And I think it's because of these circumstances. Yeah, like what you were saying about how that has molded you into who you are today. Well, first of all, my condolences. When my sister passed away in 2012, I was devastated. I felt like a part of me had had died. And I was the type of person back then where I didn't have control over my own life or I didn't feel I had control over my own life. And I, you know, I had low self-esteem. I I was lost and I would keep people around me that had their head on straight where they spoke for me or they did things for mm-hmm. me. And after my sister passed away, I felt like I had to find my own voice. And the severe <laughs> introvert or shy person who never spoke for themselves Has now evolved into this person who is, you know, a voice for others and someone who is giving others a platform to speak and to share their story. So, like you said, it's a tragic experience, but it changes you completely. And you have a choice. It really does. You can be the victim or the victor.
1: Yes, I agree. Now, I would, if I could go back and change it, I absolutely would. But I I do Mm -hmm. agree that Mm -hmm. you. You you definitely take these moments in your life and um, you have choices. And I, I, you know, I got my first job when I was 13 because I just felt like I need to be in full control of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just from a financial standpoint, even, you know, I just didn't want to be a burden. And I think it just gave me that drive and that tenacity that, that I needed throughout my whole life to just get through all the things. So, I think, I think the other, the other thing that I had that I mentioned earlier, as I was graduating high school, I had to have a surgery that the doctors had said, you know, when you're finished growing, you need to have this because what was happening was my spine was becoming severely distorted because of the Mm -hmm. imbalance that I had. And this was, this was a really hard time because it was a year of intense. Rehab and just it was very a very painful kind of surgery, and mm-hmm. for a whole for a year I was basically not able to do anything.
0: So wow.
1: this is where things kind of changed for me. You know, my friends were off going to university, and I was basically laying in a bed with a brace and these pins through my leg because they basically had to break it. It was to lengthen my leg so that my spine would' not um, have so much stress on it. And uh, I I mean, I didn't ever imagine in a million years what this was going to be like. And it was hell. It was honestly hell. So having to go through that and then having a year of time just thinking about my life and what what I was going to do and all of these things. So at that point, going off and getting into architecture school and all of that just wasn't in the cards for me. So I had to reassess and, and get a job. And that's kind of where I started in politics it was by accident oh. it was coming off coming out of surgery and it was it was very good for me at the time i think it opened my eyes to a whole other world and that's where my career started there
0: interesting i didn't know that yeah so have you had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way
1: i would say that i have had many mentors throughout my life who've helped me in one way or another and that's everyone from bosses to co-workers to just people I think who I needed in my life at those times but truthfully I think I found my mentors for the most part through the pages of books and through other people's stories.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I
1: think I've always been very independent and figured things out on my own and um, my opinion is mentors are great but they're really hard to come by. (laughs) It's not like there's a directory (laughs) where you can pick one. Um, for the most part, people who are in that capacity are busy people, and I think I just never really thought of reaching out and asking anyone to mentor me. I think I just kind of quietly was taking things in along the way and and paving my own way.
0: Mm, interesting. I mean, I agree with you with, you know, good mentors are hard to find, and I have a mix of, like, in-person mentors and virtual mentors. And what I Mm -hmm. found is I look for people who are in the position that I would like to be in,
1: in different areas of my
0: life. And if Mm -hmm. you can learn from them virtually, you know, following them on social media, reading anything that they write, their books, their blogs, you know, interviews that are about them, watching videos, kind of studying the path that they've taken to get to where they are. I find that's a great form of virtual mentorship. Because like you said, they're really busy people and sometimes they don't have the ability to respond to your emails or your DMs through social media, but there's so much value that you can gain just by watching their journey. And like you said, you can figure out the rest.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the platforms like, like these podcasts that are just so valuable and we never had those before. And I think that has Mm -hmm. just opened up a whole new world for people And honestly, I have got through some of my worst days through podcasts. I mean, Mm -hmm. just the stories and authentic kind of journey that people are sharing validates kind of what you're going through as an entrepreneur or as a mother or as a wife or whatever it is. And I think that's just so valuable. And I'm really grateful for this platform. I love that you brought
0: that up. You're welcome. You're welcome. I thank you for bringing that up because... I've shared in one of the past episodes that even just me doing this podcast has been a form of therapy for me and has helped me because for most of 2019, I've been ill. I had surgery back in February and I had a series of complications and infections since then. So over six months of healing and not really being able to function at full capacity and do the things that I love to do. So every week... I get to have these conversations. And then again, once I have to go through and edit to re-listen to these conversations and just learning from all of you women that come on and share your story, that inspires me. So from a a selfish perspective, (laughs) producing this podcast has totally made a difference in my life and helped me through some hard times. And it's been a blessing to be able to share that with others.
1: I could totally see how that would be the case. Yeah. I, I I love this platform. Honestly, I I spend a lot of time in my car and I, I'm excited for it because I just have <laughs> all my podcasts lined up and uh, it's great. It's great. And I start my day kind of just feeling like so excited or like, okay, I got this, you know, somebody else yes. feels exactly the way I'm feeling. It's okay. It's normal. So yes. let's just get to it. Yeah, for sure.
0: So what's your self-care routine look like?
1: Well, that's interesting. You should talk about your health
0: issues that you had this year because I
1: also had some of that. I burnt out and I got really sick. And I realized that as well, I guess while building this business, the first thing that kind of went by the wayside was me and taking the time for me. And I realized that I was working just 24-7, and I wasn't really taking care of of me at all. So I made some adjustments, and I realized that, you know, everyone can make the excuse that there's no time. There's no time. So I made time. So I started a new morning routine. So I figured, you know what, if I get up at 5 o'clock between the hours of 5 and 7, there's nobody that needs me. So this is my time. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I start at 5 a.m., And this time is 100% all for me. So I begin with a short meditation and a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. And this just helps me kind of set my intentions for the day. And then I move into a 30-minute workout. So I just kind of move my body. And I do different things depending on the day. And then I do some sort of personal development. So, you know, maybe it's a book that I'm trying to lean into or I spend some time journaling. And it kind of just helps me map out my ideas and set goals that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And during this time, I don't look at my phone at all because it's important not to consume other people's information, whether yeah. it's news or Instagram content because it really impacts and skews my focus, which is what the intention of that time is. so This time is just uninterrupted where nobody needs me. My, you know, my team doesn't need me. My kids don't need me. Nobody needs me. And I just focus on being alone with my thoughts and really get aligned for my day. And that's um, been a game changer for me.
0: I love all of that. (laughs) Um, And of
1: course, of course, blowouts on the regular, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) part of my self-care.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: I love the meditation part. I love the gratitude practice part. From what you said, what I would like to implement is the time from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Because I've been intentionally saying to myself that I need to wake up earlier. I've never been a morning person, but I totally need to practice getting up earlier so that I can have more productive time in the day. But that time for yourself, you know, when you're a mom and you're building a business and you're basically on demand majority of the day having that set time where no one else needs you there's no distractions and especially if you're not you know on your phone being distracted by outside sources I think that is so important that is definitely something that I'm going to take away from from this conversation for sure
1: it really is and honestly I would set great intentions to be okay I'm gonna you know on my way home I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna do this and that but something always happens and it's the first thing to kind of go and it's important. It's really important to spend that time. And I honestly feel that if you can win your morning, you can win your entire day. Yes. And it's the I feel thing.
0: like, oh, yes.
1: oh, it is. And it's really simple and getting up at 5am isn't always easy, but it just means you have to implement a nighttime routine as well. And that's a bit of a struggle for me because my kids are older, so they're often still (laughs) awake when I'm trying to go to bed. But you know what? My Mm -hmm. husband is very supportive of this. And because I typically am home in the morning for my kids, he then will take on the kind of the nighttime and just be there for them. And sometimes, you know, things happen and I'm up a little later, but I really try to stick to this as much as possible because it does really, really make a difference in my well-being. And I just feel like I'm a better mother, a better wife, a better boss, a better friend, all of those things if I can get Time in for myself.
0: I yeah. love I, I wish more people understood that when you make time to take care of you, you're better equipped to do all the other things that you're needed to do. And I love that because you have that morning routine, your husband helps with the evening routine. My kids mm-hmm. are a little bit older as well. But they're very, very dependent, which I'm working on. But <laughs> I have started to implement a new nighttime routine for myself. And once I unplug some of the kids and say, Okay guys, I'm closing my bedroom door. Good night. I'm in my room for a while. And before I go to bed, I have yeah. a new stretch routine where I'm doing all of my stretches. And I will designate time to read again because I had fallen off with the reading that I was doing. So having that nighttime routine of just those things to unwind before bed has been so helpful for me. Mm -hmm. No, I agree.
1: And just, I think too, what we consume at nighttime has an impact on that. So reading a book Mm -hmm. that inspires you, you're going to kind of go to bed with a different mindset. Whereas if you're on your phone and you're scrolling Instagram, it's a whole different ballgame. So All of these things you have to really be mindful of and see how they're impacting your ability to achieve the things you want to do. Totally.
0: So Mm -hmm. totally off topic. Yeah. There's this Reader's Digest article that I come across and I ask every woman that comes on the show this question because the article says that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. What is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a high heel boot, a running shoe, a walking shoe, a flip-flop, a pump? I don't know. Oh. What's your favorite type of shoe?
1: Well, this is very interesting. I think depending on the day, I love a heel <laughs> of any kind, but I also love my runners. But you know what? I'm a heel girl, whether it's a boot or a whatever it is. I just I love a heel.
0: And I guess it comes that confidence piece, too, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to know
1: what that means. What does that mean?
0: Okay. So yeah, what well, say about you? There's different types. So in terms okay. of the heel, would you say yeah. you're more of a high heel boot, a stiletto or yeah, a...
1: I think a high heel boot. Maybe it's just the season we're in, but that's that's my jam right now.
0: All right. Well, high heel boot wearers take charge. The person who loves wearing high heeled boots will always be the one to take control of the situation. They're quick on their feet and able to make clear, rational decisions. This woman is exceptionally self assured, so people around her feel instantly safe in her hands. The high heeled boot is a take charge kind of person. She loves being center stage and is very assertive. Wow, that's very interesting.
1: In in ways, I think, I think, yes, um, something I'm working towards for sure. But yeah, I think that is definitely my personality. I think if I were to tell my husband, he would be like, yep, that's
0: her. (laughs) Awesome. awesome. That's interesting. So before I go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online. Okay. Well,
1: then Flow Dry Bar is located in Toronto's Liberty Village for anyone that's looking for us. And our website, Facebook and Instagram is Vent Blow Dry Bar. And me personally, I spend most of my time on Instagram and my handle is I'm dot Natalie James. Love it.
0: I will have the link directly in the detail section of this episode so they don't have to search too far. They can just click on it and connect with you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I call the final segment of the show A Walk in Her Wisdom, and it's just some random reflection questions, and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Oh, boy. Um, The Gift of Imperfection. Mm. Can I ask
1: what? I think it just really resonates with my journey, my story. The way it's written just really made me kind of embrace my own journey. I, I love
0: it. <laughs> I actually, I did a post about that book yesterday. So I was like, oh, can oh, really? I, why? <laughs> oh my God. I did. Uh, I posted on Instagram yesterday because her guided post for a wholehearted life. The 10 of them currently, I rated myself a six. So six of them I've mastered. But I love that book. That helped at the beginning of my personal development journey for sure. So I went back mm-hmm. to referencing that based on what I'm currently going through. And I'm currently reading Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, right now.
1: Yes, Daring Greatly and Dare to Lead. I mean, they're all good.
0: They're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? We live with the scars we choose.
1: Mm. And I actually have that tattoo that says that. And I think it's a reflection of just, you know what, we all have our struggles and our our issues, but you know what? We have choices and we can let them kind of hold us back or set us
0: free. I love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. That could be money, time, energy.
1: Well, I mean, I would have to say at this point, because of what we're talking about my business, it was a huge investment of time, money, and blood, sweat, and tears, all of it.
0: Um, and we're, you
1: know, we're, we're just over two years in and it's, it's changed my life. And I think not just in the respect of becoming an entrepreneur, but just because going through this process, it's allowed me to embrace my own journey and my own story. And I never really imagined it to kind of come for a full circle like this. So it's mm. been
0: valuable, very valuable. Love it, love it. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? I
1: think in the last five years, it's just
0: live your best life. Do all
1: the Mm -hmm. things that you wanna do because life goes by regardless. And uh, at the end of the day, you wanna look back and not have any regrets. What have you become
0: better at saying no to in the last five years?
1: Oh, this is huge. I have learned (laughs) to say no to many things that just don't drive me closer to my goals and that's hard for a lot of people. It's really hard to say no, but when time is limited and your energy is limited, I I have to be really mindful of kind of where I'm putting my energy and my time, because if it's not on my business, then it's 100% with my family.
0: You know what I love? So, so far, they all haven't been published yet, but so far I've done over 70 plus interviews with women. And any woman that I've asked that question, their response mm-hmm. has basically been no to anything that doesn't serve you or align with your purpose. Well, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. Last but not least, what impact do you want to have on the world?
1: I think going back to kind of everything we've talked about, I really feel like I was given This, whether it was my struggles or or whatever you want to call it, I feel very empowered to to share this to help others. And I really just hope that at the end of the day, women just are more loving of themselves and have more compassion for each other. And and that's really what I hope through all of this just spread this, this awareness and this inclusivity of just being ourselves and being enough. And that's okay. That's really what
0: I hope for. I love it. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you for taking the time to join us and share your story with us. I truly appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And to all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe to our newsletter at awalkamycelettos.com and grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you've received value from today's show, make sure you share it with a friend that needs to hear Natalie's testimony. Be sure to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag Natalie's business account at Bent's Blowdry Dry Bar and myself at the Real McKinney Smith. and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.